Cape Talk. Join the conversation. And now, Consumer Talk, featuring Wendy Nola. Welcome to Consumer Talk with consumer journalist Wendy Nolo, who is with you in studio. We're going to discuss how a major automotive supplier is not displaying their prices for customers. Also, uh, that banks keep small businesses' merchants' fees when their clients cancel. And um, also, want, or if you want a refund, it will also be giving you as a listener the top tips. Or Wendy, not we. Wendy will be giving you <laughs> top tips as a listener on buying a raise of blades uh, and of course we'll take some time to open the lines for you uh, we'll be listening to some of your concerns on 0214460567 uh, you can send a voice note also to Wendy on 0725671567 uh, Wendy let's start like this first happy new year merry christmas uh, happy birthday happy easter <laughs> uh, happy human rights i don't know what else is left when did we speak? It was between Christmas and New Year. I it think. was between Christmas and New Year. Yeah. And last time we spoke, we spoke about lay buying. Of course. And I got to tell you that I've already started the process for this year. Three places. You, as, a, as a result of our chat. As a result of our chat, That's yes. Fantastic. So I've, I've, we've, I've, we've, not I, we've lay buyed uh, the two beds now for the twins uh-huh. who are still on the cart right now. But. In a couple of months' time, they're going to be out of that. So that's a, that's a, the perfect way to leave labor is what I'm saying. You don't need something right now. So you don't care yeah. if it sits in the shop until you've paid it off in how many months? Three months? Three months. Yeah, three, perfect. Three no months, interest. And then it's the elder daughter's clothing, winter clothing. Right. We've already started laboring there. She doesn't so need it she now. She doesn't need it now. And it's cheaper, by the way, because it's not in season right now. Right. So things are working okay. for us. And then the last one. Yeah. I've labelled myself a leather jacket. Oh, which you most certainly don't need to wear now. <laughs> no, I don't need That's that so now. That's so clever. Yeah. And remember, if you next month decide, oh, that was a bit uh, expensive. January killed me, and actually, uh, I want my money back. You get to cancel the labour if you've done the contract with a reputable company. Yeah, yeah. and get. You pay a cancellation penalty, but get this, it's only 1% of the purchase price, which is negligible, even on a leather jacket. Yeah. So the, it's a win-win for consumer. Not such a great win for retailers, but obviously they understand that uh, you know they, there's a, a way to get a lot more business. <laughs> so well done you. I'm gonna, I haven't decided what winter stuff I want to lay by, yeah. a jacket or a pair of boots or something, but I'm going to do it most definitely. Let the shop keep it for me. Until I need it, and it's paid off without a cent of interest. So, yeah, I'm on a, ah. a lay-by crusade. Thank to, you for taking my advice. Of course. We listen. <laughs> We're not just here listening and then not taking the advice. That's the first thing we do is like, what did Wendy say? Let's oh. go out there. Let's do it. Yes. Wendy, talking about lay-bys, there's some, a story about Pep that oh, you yes. wanted to share with us. Yes. So, last week, Pippa and I discussed um, Pep's lay-by buddy initiative. I didn't know about it until I started doing some research. Um Based on a, a, a Facebook post I saw, but um, a quick recap what we uh, on what we spoke about. You can contribute as little as two rand in store or twenty rand on the Pep website. Any payment that you make gets deposited into the Pep Labor Fund for the purpose of settling Labor customers' purchases. And every month they randomly select beneficiaries um, who will get a voucher via SMS that they can then redeem against the outstanding balance of their Pep Labor, which is wonderful. The whole idea is it. It's completely anonymous and random. So you're not doing it so that you get the feel good of someone saying, yay, thank you so much. <laughs> but um, you know that it's it's going to help someone who maybe has a gold uniform labor or whatever. Um, so it was introduced in, in 2020 by PEP. 
and they've had, you know, 35,000 vouchers have been issued uh, since then. Um, 12% of all contributions to the Buddy Initiative have been in-store and 88% online. I thought when they said 12% via the store, I thought they were talking about people randomly going into a store and, and thinking... I want to do this, but they can't track those. So that's all those donations are over and above what we're talking about now. What they can track um, uh, adds up to 1.2 million rand that the public has paid that way. And I would imagine there's a whole lot more that have been paid via people going into the store. So one of the things I said was that if you do pay in a store, um, you just go in and say, here's you know, 500 rand towards somebody's labor. You can say, please choose a school uniform one or whatever you want. Um, you don't get a, 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 re- a receipt, right, for reasons that has to do with Poppy. And while we were on air, someone called in and said, or mm. WhatsApp and said, what, but I have a receipt. Here it is. So I went to uh, Pip and I said, what's that story? And the other question that a listener raised um you, the listeners may remember was are the necessary audits in place to prevent money from going AWOL in other words not to labour customers <laughs> so on the receipts Pep says in cases where customers pay off a labour on someone else's behalf they should not receive a final payment receipt by all means they can ask the cashier to show them the slip as proof of payment but the physical slip is meant for the Pep labour customer only the labour number is confidential and a final slip serves as proof of purchase so if this ends up in the wrong hands someone else could lay claim to the parcel before the intended labour customer has had a chance to collect it so it's because that's what I would ask. Are there any controls? Yeah, then? no. I so mean, as for controls, um, they say the preferred method of paying off labor is via the labor buddy initiative, um, given that the controls that has in place. So, um, what they've said is we'll be sending store memos out to our 2,600 stores to remind them of the preferred process to follow in store when customers want to pay off a labor outside of the pet labor buddy initiative. There are always new cashiers in stores, so it'd be helpful to remind them of the do's and don'ts as there are inconsistencies. So you shouldn't get a receipt. I mean, as customers, we're like, I need a receipt, but this is an altogether different (laughs) process, right? Um, As for controls, yes, there's a detailed process and workflow in place for the PEP Labor Buddy Initiative. All contributions received, 100% of them are allocated to PEP Labor Buddy customers in the form of a PEP voucher. So they're not taking any fees. And to date, no major concerns or risks have been flagged in relation to this process. I think that the... The biggest message to come out of that is, apart from it's a really lovely idea, is um, please do it. If you're into audits and controls, do yeah. it. Um, you can do it in store or online. But um, when you go into the store, say, I want to contribute to the PEP Labor Buddy initiative. I, I, I don't, and sorry, can I say, they've introduced, yeah. it wasn't the case um, at first, but you can choose your province and you can choose what type of labor it is. So that, so that you do have some control um, over where it goes. If you know, we like to, to give close to home. So you can say, please give this to a Western Cape customer or whatever the case may be, and someone that's labored school uniforms, for example. Is it a culture thing, Wendy? And I'm, we're going off topic here, but I mean, with, with South African consumers holding, you know, institutions to account and actually looking for those controls, because I find that I'm only doing that now whilst I'm older. And I'm not teaching it to my children, whereas this is something from the moment you're able to purchase anything, you should be able to say, I'm holding you accountable here. What are some of the controls you have in place? Is it the culture thing? I I think the more we read in media about the level of corruption at all levels of society, I think people are um, naturally now asking these questions. 
Mm. Um, I'm giving this money, for example, and are you, <laughs> how do I know it's not going to Your somewhere pocket. I don't yeah. want to go, somebody's pocket. <laughs> but, but, and I think, you know, that the truth is that there isn't, um, they can't track such donations that are just made in store outside of the initiative that's online and is all, there's account, there's um, audits and checks all along the way. So that's the the message. And and just to say, you can actually have some control over, you know, the kind of labor that it will go yeah. towards either paying off completely or towards paying off. So I just love the idea of of um, those people, those customers, getting a, a, a totally unexpected SMS to say, "Here's your voucher. Your labor is paid off. Go into a store." I mean, isn't that just the good wonderful? times? <laughs> yeah, isn't that just wonderful? So that's that's yeah. those, those are the I did I did undertake to get those answers, and and there you go. Yeah, I just want to be, remind the listeners that it is 22 minutes after two. A bit later on, we're going to be opening the lines for you uh, on 0214460567 to call. Call in or send a voice note to 072-567-1567. You in conversation uh, with Wendy Nolet, answering or having a conversation with you with all your consumer uh, needs and conversations. Wendy, uh, I know that one thing you also wanted to chat about was retailers not displaying prices. Yeah. So I this was we're doing a lot of retail issues today. This was prompted by an email I got from a listener who was upset about a Cork Bay eatery not displaying their prices or a, a kind of deli. She says, you know, it just seems unacceptable, unacceptably elitist, she said. I once commented to a manager about the lack of prices when they first disappeared, and she said the owners don't want prices on products. I was told that they have menus at the till and all goods have barcodes, but of course barcodes are for the retailers, they don't mean anything to us, those numbers, no. right? They need to be scanned, and we're not walking around with scanners, most of us. So the CPA, the Consumer Protection Act, states that a retailer must not display any goods for sale without displaying to the customer a price in relation to those goods in one or more of the following ways. A written indication of the price expected, expressed in rand, a next or affixed to written, printed, stamped, or located upon or otherwise applied to the goods or to any band, ticket, covering, label, package, reel, shelf, or other thing used in connection with the goods on or which the goods are mounted for display or exposed to sell. So they're talking about a sticker and they're talking about, you know, the the, the shelf prices, all of those things that's in, in very legalese. But basically you get the message, you've got to have prices. So I called the said outlet and I was told by the owner that they do actually display prices. And he walked around his establishment reading them out to me. So clearly more than one customer expressed their displeasure about their no prices policy. I'm not naming them because currently they are complying with the CPA. Um, he didn't say we, at one point we didn't. But um, so the, our listener, when I fed that back to her, said, OK, I stand corrected. Thank you. And I'm glad they're now doing it. Um, so clearly it's not OK to expect someone to pick up a product, not see a price and think, oh, well, I mean, how bad can it be? I'm just going to hope for the best and get to the pay point. And then while you're standing opposite the assistant with yeah. perhaps people behind you waiting to pay, you've got to say, how ah. much is this? And then in that moment, if you think this is a ripoff, then you've got to put it down. That is embarrassing. The reason there have to be prices is to is to not put the onus on the consumer to do that. Or that whole thing, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Nonsense. Elitist Nonsense. So, so yeah, this, it's not um, 
it's not a choice that the retailer makes. If you're in business and you're selling stuff in a shop or on the, online, you have to display the prices. So, um, and, and, yeah. and I'll tell you, as 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 a as someone who's worked as a merchandiser in a retail store before, there's nothing annoying uh, like being a you're trying to pack a shelf. Yeah, someone's and like, how much? Someone, is this? how much is this? It's annoying, and you don't want it, and you get grumpy. But I'll tell you right now, if I get to a store and I don't see a price or something, I am the first one to Good. haul in a merchandiser. So that if I'm annoyed, I'm not taking this to the till. Yes. You must. That's true. It's your job. There you go. You're speaking you speak from the other side. Yeah. yeah. You be annoyed and tell your boss to put a price on this thing mm-hmm. so that you don't have to walk mm-hmm. all this time and your job is getting left behind. Yeah. Because as you say, the, the, the cashier is going to be like, well, sorry, but doesn't have any ownership of that issue, you know. Oh. So, so glad you mentioned that story because this is exactly what happened to Paul when he visited a Mardas franchise in Hillcrest, KZN. He says, when I walked into the store, I immediately noticed that none of the products had a price on the boxes or the packaging, nor were there labels on the shelves indicating the prices of the items. In order to get the price, a customer needs to go to the cashier. The price is then scanned in on the cashier's scanner, which the customer can't see. And then you have to like have it told to you. <laughs> um, so he said, you know, is this legal? And I was, trotted out that section of the CPA that I've just read out, section 23, if anyone wants to look it up for themselves. Um, so I took up his case with Midas head office. This is a, a, a major national um, franchise, right? And yeah. I thought, is this going on with all of them? Yeah. We have a, a, a problem. Even in one, it's bad enough. Um, I asked you know, why the prices weren't displayed in that franchise, whether it was across um, all franchises. And I said, it's prejudicial to customers clearly and this and this next bit speaks to you Ups. I can't see how it could work for staff who must spend a lot of their days scanning products for customers who naturally want to know the price of goods in order to make an informed choice on whether they want to purchase them or not before they proceed to the till not at the till um, so it's the same story, incidentally, on Midas's website. No prices displayed under featured goods, just a direction under each product to inquire in store. This practice might have something to do with the company's competitors, I said to Midas, but it is outlawed in South Africa. So I got a response from Midas's national franchise manager, Shannon Drake, who said, we've been in contact with the relevant branch and provided support to ensure that they have that they implement corrective action to address the omission. And we've also communi- communicated this, sorry, across the rest of our network to ensure that Midas branch staff are reminded of the obligation to ensure pricing practices remain both legally and operationally sound. It's not standard practice, she said. Um, and she extended her apologies to customers of that branch. As for the website, this is interesting. She said it's not a transactional website. The items are listed on an informative basis, intended to give customers a view of our product range while referring them to their specific store for availability and pricing. But when they do um, use uh, the website transactionally during promotional and campaign periods, prices for the specific products are then displayed as such. Um, and pricing is alike nationwide. But interestingly, they don't prescribe the prices to their franchises because that is anti-competitive. So don't assume that a product you want in one branch is going to cost the same in another. That was quite interesting. So that was an interesting exercise. I'm happy (sighs) if anyone is shopping in that franchise locally or any other and there are no 
prices mm. um, displayed or with any kind of store, let us know and we'll we'll tackle them because I feel strongly. Yeah. But the whole psychology of it as well doesn't sit well with it me is, at all. Look, you get one or two shops where you're going to an aisle and you can see there's prices generally, but in this strip, there's no prices. You can tell someone forgot about it. There's, yeah, yes, that's yes, okay. Yes. But you get... Kiara you there, get, but yeah, not everything. It can't be everywhere. No, no, no. Because now you're also sending out a message that uh, you want me to sort of hope when I go to the till now and go look like an idiot there. Well, I think that's part of it, Abs. You've hit the nail on the head that, you know, you're gonna you, it's going to be more than you thought, but now you're too embarrassed yeah. in front of everyone oh, to, to like, oh, I can't afford this. I mean, the, the nice thing about getting older is I don't care about that <laughs> stuff. And it wouldn't, <laughs> no, I would do it in a heartbeat. Do a hell with that. Exactly. But, but for many people, yeah. they would just take it. And I think that's part of the reason that it's done. Really, I do, and also just to perhaps not have people, you know, you, doing comparison shopping. When you're paying at the till, and something is fifteen rands more, and you can hear someone mumbling in the back, "Oh, come on, it's just fifteen rands more." You're like, "For me, it's yeah. not just fifteen rands." And that's the principle. You know, it's, it's illegal. It's, yeah, <laughs> that's the whole. Happen. Way. Don't make me do this. Cape Talk, consumer talk, WhatsApp on o seven two five six seven one five six seven. 18 minutes now. Hi, Abs. Um, I recently went to a sofa store where um, their prices are indicated via a QR code. And I'm just wondering, is that allowed? Because what if you don't have a smartphone? Well, strictly reading the the, the (laughs) section of the CPA, I I don't think QR codes were a thing back in 2008 when they were drawing up um, the CPA or the bill, but I would say that isn't acceptable. I mean, you can have it additionally, but there will be many people, many customers who wouldn't know what to do with a QR code. Um, I, I, some people have said to me, I also don't go into, uh, I, I won't patronize restaurants that don't give you a menu and they tell you scan the QR code and, I, and I'll leave. So it's quite a, it's it's kind of an extension of the cashless conversation that we had last week. But I would say, top of my head, I don't think that that would be, uh, would tick the compliance box, but I will find out from an attorney um, in the next week and come back to, to that one in next week's show. And you know, if she says she's going to come back to oh, you well. with it, she's definitely going to come back to you with it. If you've just tuned in, this is Consumer Talk with uh, Consumer Journalist Wendy Nola, uh, taking your calls on 021 446 0567, uh, taking your voice notes on 072 567 Hi, Awangile. Um, Micah in Ndabeni has a different issue. At the till, there is no screen to show the customer how much is what they are scanning, and the cashier has to tell you what the total at the end of everything. I complained because I could not tell if what they were scanning is what was on the shelf. Then they told me that I can stand there and read my um, receipt at the end of it all. I just felt like that it's uncomfortable to have to wait for the teller, for the cashier to tell you um, how much the item is. I mean, you spoke about that earlier on, when I think you alluded to that, that that's one of the annoyances that one has to deal with then. Is there law? Is that, it just- no, that was about not having the price on the shelf uh, at yes, all. Yes, 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 okay. She, what she's saying is not strictly illegal because the store 
is right in that yes, you can you can compare your slip, but it's not good customer practice. Ideally, you want to see as things are being rung up, any discrepancies um, and the like. I also, and in some supermarkets, it's happened where the second screen is is angled at a way mm. that you can't see it, and I always say, I want to see that screen, please, um, because. It is. It, it's a. It's disrespectful. I think. I totally agree with her sentiments. But it's not given the fact that you of the prices are on the shelf and you will see your your um, itemized um, receipt. Um, it's not illegal, but it's 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 definitely not best practice. One says recently went to an antique second-hand shop new to me uh-huh. at the Hermanus area. On entering the shop, we're told you won't find prices or items as we are actually an auction house and most items have a reserve price and you'd have to ask for a price. Is this acceptable? No, because... They're open as a retail shop, one would yeah. imagine. You can't then say, actually, we're. A, if the stuff is reserved, don't put it out in your front, in your store for sale. So it's a bid now. Essentially, you're asking me to bid. Uh, yeah, that is very strange. I would keep very far away from that. What is the intention? If no one can buy anything, I mean, because there's a, there's a. How are you supposed to operate? No, that's sort of. Falling between a whole lot of different types of of, of retail, I, I don't even know what to make of that. If that if that listener would like to email me with details of that store and where it is, um, I'd I'd be happy to take a look and ask them questions. Um, but yeah, okay. that is a totally. I love this job. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for so long. Yeah, but there are always but, issues that I haven't encountered before. I mean, I'm, I'm I can see it happening. I can see myself going to a second-hand store and them saying exactly what she's, what the s- listener is saying. What do you do? I mean, are, you, are, you, are they trying to um, provoke this absolute overwhelming desire in the person yes. to want it? Because now you, they're saying it's available <laughs> at the moment. You know, I, no, no. Oh, eh, eh. Uh, okay. Uh, while we're taking one or two of these messages, Wendy, I know that... Um, one of the things you wanted to chat to us today was one of the issues we've been talking about it is uh, small businesses and what they you know get charged by banks yes. for certain items okay. uh, it was a very interesting yes. point you raised so yes they we normally talk about consumer experiences but the consumer protection act does actually cover apply to small businesses that have um, turnover of less than 2 million rand a year and so i like to raise issues that affect um, them specifically from time to time. And I had an email this past week. Actually, no, I'm I'm lying. It was um, also between Christmas and New Year, about the time we last chatted on air. Um, it involved banks. I had to get responses from all of them, which is why it took until earlier this week to get all the responses in. But um, Roz emailed me to say, for the past 20 years, I've owned and run a small weather-dependent business in Cape Town, like so many others. I have an online booking and payment platform that goes through Activity Bridge. When I cancel the booking due to bad weather, the payment system refunds the client back onto the credit card that was initially used. That's lovely. She says, but and for the past 20 years, the bank, in her case, Nedbank, has always covered the bank charges for refunds. So, for example, a client books makes a booking for 500 rand, the bank takes 3% commission, and I get paid 485 rand. If I cancel the booking and request a refund, I have to pay back 485 rand to 
the client and the bank pays back the commission, which means the client gets their full 500 rand back. But now, since October last year, we have been informed that the bank will no longer pay back their commission. And now they keep it and I must pay the full 500 rand, therefore losing money. Due to the wins we had in December in Cape Town, I paid in about a thousand rand at month. Um, in bank commissions, which is a lot for a small business. Roz felt that if she refunded her clients minus the commission, and the industry calls it the Merchant Service Commission, or MSC, by the way, she would lose clients. And also, it's not strictly in keeping with her merchant's agreement because you can't pass on your banking fees. Um, And she asked me to look into the issue. So I firstly approached Nedbank to confirm that and and asked them why the about turn and to comment on the impact on its many um, small business clients. Dylan Governor, who's the managing executive for Solution Innovation at the bank, said, when processing purchase and refund transactions, Nedbank incurs costs related to these. In recent years, the costs have been escalating due to increased compliance requirements, inflation, and enhanced risk management processes aimed at improving the client experience. These factors have necessitated the discontinuation of refunding the MSC on these transactions. We avoided it for an extended periods, period, rather, Roz says it was 20 years in her case, whereas the industry has stopped refunding the Merchant Service Commission on these transactions many years ago. So they were saying they're the last one that that wasn't doing it out of goodwill. So I thought, let me check that. So FNB confirmed, yes, it's never been our practice to do a refund on the MSC, given that we still incur the costs of processing and the scheme costs for the transactions, right? Standard Bank said the same stuff, same thing rather. It's a long-standing policy, which is included in our terms and conditions. But I got an unexpected response from Epsta, which came from Vish Chetty, who's Executive Payments Acceptance um, executive of Payments Acceptance at ABSA Relationship Banking. He said, as ABSA, we pride ourselves in treating customers fairly. While banks do incur costs for the processing of transactions, ABSA in good faith also refunds the commission to the merchant when the merchant refunds the customer. So it's not true to say all the other banks do it. ABSA doesn't. ABSA will refund in full. And so that the merchant who has to refund the, com- the customer because the weather was bad or whatever, no fault of theirs, or whatever the, re- whatever the reason for the refund is, the customer deserves a full refund. They don't have to lose out huh. on that commission, which if you're in a business like, like Roz's, that's weather dependent, you'll be doing a lot of cancellations in an average month, depending on the season, I guess. Yeah. And that, that can really cost you. So, yes, the banks, you know, it is a cost. And in, in Apps's case, they choose to... Um, to waive it, to suck it up and give their merchant clients um, the full refunds. I thought that was an – we don't normally do very finance issues on the show because, you know, I talk to our friend Bruce on the money show about such things. Yeah. But I thought that was an interesting one. We Very to, interesting. I mean, and, and it pays to check also. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something worth it to learn as a small business owner, I'll tell you yeah. that much, to like, oh, what? Because as you're talking now, I'm like – what? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So thank you, Rose, for the question. I learned mm-hmm. something through it, as um, I learned from most of our, our, our listeners. So, I yeah. have learned something myself. I don't know if this one is, uh, one is from our listeners who's saying that, Wendy, I wish stores had more scanners because uh, shelf price and the item are not always correct. I hate having to check the last four digits of the, of barcode. the barcode mm-hmm. and then search the shelf for the correct price. 
I think you'll know this as a merchandiser. Yeah. That's that's a problem that we live with. That's even the best stores make mistakes. Sometimes customers shift merchandise across so it's sitting above another barcode that doesn't apply to it. Um, and a lot of customers get caught out of that because, you know, Woolworths and Pick and Pay have a wrong price scan compensation policy. Mm. They won't talk about it too loudly, but <laughs> in Woolworths, it's, it's the first one free and other identical ones at the lower price. And then Pick and Pay, something scans higher than it was at the shelf. You get double the difference of the right and the wrong oh. price. But so a lot of people have gone and said, this is wrong, but they're looking at the wrong, they're looking at the the shelf label underneath the item. Meanwhile, it applies to the to the product below, above, to the side, whatever, doesn't correspond, and then they don't get that compensation. <laughs> but yes, I hear you. It's, it's, it's just one of those things, I think, we, if you are a diligent shopper, that you just have to get into the habit of doing. I actually don't even notice it anymore. I do it so often that it's either my wife or my daughter that would alert me to me doing it. Even if the price colorates, you can see, yes. I still just go for the barcode. It's because and of your, your retail history. Most people it's wouldn't. It's there. It's yes. just I know. I, I just want to check numbers. it yeah, yeah, for the numbers. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this, though. I, I won't mention the name of the retailer. Uh, they usually get these prices wrong. But uh, twice now, I've mm-hmm. picked up an item with a price. And I'm okay with that price. I'm content with that price. And you've checked it th- the and price. I've, I've checked the price. It's, there, it's colorate. Yeah. And then I get to the counter. It's on sale. I've I've had that twice now. Oh, so you have the opposite. So experience. I had the opposite. It's not yeah, higher, just, it's yeah, lower. it's lower. And then I was like, <laughs> "Is it because of the points?" And said, "No, it's supposed to be changed there." I was like, "You're unusual." Yeah, yeah. It's the other way around. <laughs> but then do you want to say, "I want the prices at the till"? No, no. Then you, <laughs> then you take no, the luck. You don't want the more price. No. <laughs> you take you take what you get. You take what you get. Yeah. Um, just very quickly, we got about six minutes, Wendy. You, you talked about the issue of uh, the cost of raises uh, just always coming yes. up, and it's it's a it's a, it's, big, a, it's a it's a mini thing, but it's a big thing. Well, it's a big cost, which is why yeah. at, at your, you know stores like Clicks, you don't find the actual pack of blades. Um, Clicks doesn't do with you. They just give you the card. Don't mess around. And you have what she tells you that it's a high pull for item, right? Yeah, uh, it's small, it's expensive, and it must get. No, we must hide legs. it. We can't so now you get there. the card with a picture on of what you want to buy, and you have to take the card, I guess, to the cashier, and and then they give it to you from under a locked cupboard or from underneath the shelf in a locked cupboard or whatever the deal is. But anyway, so I was intrigued to get this email from Joe earlier in the week. He says uh, he feels very strongly about the way that razor blades are sold. He said, for example, Gillette's razors are offered with a handle and two blades, and in every supermarket it's cheaper to buy two packs of razors, giving you four blades, than it is to buy a pack of the replacement blades alone. He says, just throw the handles away, and why don't people check? So I thought, okay, I like to think I'm consumer savvy, and I haven't done this. But I didn't get the response I was wanting, Abs. I mm-hmm. went online, I looked at 6060, and I looked at Click. So this isn't an exhaustive survey, but I did it on uh, a couple of items. The Gillette, you know, there's such a array, a men's product and a, and a woman's product. And in all cases, buying the blades, uh, the four-pack blades um, separately w- did work out cheaper. In one case, only one rand cheaper. So my takeout was, it pays to check because yeah. Joe must have had that experience. I'm probably not making it up. I just didn't have it today. But it's certainly taught me to just take a sec. We've got calculators on our phone. We don't need fantastic mental maths ability. Just uh, work it out because there obviously are occasions where 
you know, he says, yeah. he says, I, when I queried with the supermarkets, they say it's because Gillette offers the handles at a discounted rate in order to get the sale of blades in the future. And he says, um, and Gillette told me it's because the supermarkets vary their markups. I'm sure there's a little of truth in, in both those responses. Um, but, but yeah, I didn't have that experience, but on this particular day with a very small sample. But I'm, it's certainly an exercise that I am going to do in future. I, I, sunlight dishwashing liquid. Mm-hmm. I, I always try and do that in terms of the refills versus yes. just buying the actual check, bottle. Check the I always because it differs on when you're buying it and what the store is doing with that. Because we always go with the same mentality that it's always going to be like that. Whereas things change. Uh, and and our assumptions get uh, abused <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally by retailers mm. and manufacturers a lot. So, uh, one of our staple beliefs is that it pays to buy in bulk. But many many times, and maybe I should do this exercise again just to share. Many many times, you you're better <laughs> off buying two of the smaller, more convenient packs yeah. of that huge box of cereal, or the huge yeah. pack of maize meal, or the huge. A tub of margarine, medium fat spread. They don't. They've got too little fat to be called margarines anymore. Um, yeah, and it actually works out cheaper to get the two smaller ones on that particular mm. day, but on many particular days. So always do the maths. Going off topic now, but toilet paper is always your good bet. <laughs> if you want to buy large amounts of stock, toilet paper to as long fly. As it's the right toilet paper. Oh, and the other thing Joe said, and I'm yeah. going to do this exercise. Yeah. We're having such a free range conversation you know, <laughs> yeah. is dishwasher tabs. He says it's hard to compare the prices because the, the competing brands have such different. Um, Numbers. This will have 100 tabs, that will have 104, and this one will have 78, and all random um, pack sizes. So it makes it harder to check well. That's where unit prices come in. So your pick and pay will have it, and your checkers will have it. Always look at the unit price. And um, so, you know, that the unit price or your own maths will help you determine. You want to get to what does it cost per tab and mm. what is the, be- the best value. And, and it's very surprising just wh- how much difference uh, or rather how different a product could be priced depending on the suburb, depending on the retailer. Mm. And, 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 what I mean, specials are running. I've seen a tub of baby milk going for something like five, 540 and then you go to another retailer, it's 580 Then you mm. go to another one, it's, it's 600 Then you're like, then you understand, listen. These these ones can afford this, uh, so well, it's very interesting. It's a very interesting process. We've got one, thirty seconds for me to yeah, share something. Yeah, go for it. it. So my partner bought a. We buy a lot on take a lot convenience. You know the whole range of stuff available to you, Barbara, and generally have good experiences. He bought a sort of wine wrapped wine rack type contraction traption, and it, it while it was en route. He saw the identical product in a local um, store retailer at a third of the price. So advantage of buying online, you have seven days, and some retailers up that, but you have seven days in which to return something for no particular reason. Mm. They can ask the reason. You don't have to tell them if you don't want to. It's no particular reason. You send it back and you get a full refund with take a lot. They absorb the cost of sending it back, but legally they, don't, they can pass it on to us, but they absorb that cost. <laughs> yeah. And um, so just the lesson was, yes, they do it properly. The stuff's, it's gone back. You'll get a credit or a refund, but um, it pays to check. It pays to shop around because the discrepancies are massive. 
Yeah. You must check. Oh, we're out of time. Yeah. Obi, Obi is going to kill us now. <laughs> Wendy Nola, thank you so Take very care. much.